as driven, ambitious Christian entrepreneurs, how do we grow our business in a way that honors Christ? From seeking Him first in all of our business dealings, being surrendered to His will, and knowing exactly where and how we can make an impact through our business for the furtherance of His kingdom. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, and these are just some of the topics my guest and I will be discussing in the hope that we may inspire and empower you to walk strongly in your faith so you can build a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, joining me on today's show is Rob Tripkin. Rob is the chairman of the Centre for Faith and Enterprise, which is an organisation whose mission is to tap into people's faith and spirituality in their work lives in order to make them more effective, fulfilled and purposeful. Now, to that end, he has written a book which is to be released very, very soon on January the 31st, which is titled The Sacred Meaning of Everyday Work. Now, Rob's background combines faith and business, an MBA from the Harvard of Business School and an MA Theology from Fuller Theological Cemetery, uh, Cemetery, Seminary. Uh, he is currently pursuing a Doctor of Ministry degree in faith, work, economics and vocation, and that's at Fuller. Now, on today's show, there's three things that we're going to dive a little bit deeper into in our conversation, how short spiritual practices involving various forms of prayer can support us during the workday. Many of us have a deep intuitive desire to connect with something deeper or larger than ourselves with God and how our faith or spirituality can offer strength, wisdom and courage as we tackle challenges like stress, burnout, conflict and failure. I'm sure we can all agree with those things. So Rob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Anne-Marie. It's very nice to be here and thank you for that introduction. Yeah, absolutely. And including that slip, I tell you what, everything that we are talking about today, we want to make sure that we have a personal relationship with Christ before we ever get to the cemetery uh, in our personal lives, in our lives. So uh, just uh, putting that there. But I love that uh, in the culmination of the work that you have done um, and the experience that you've had, this is now being put together in a book, which, as we said, is going to be released on January the 31st, The Sacred Meaning of everyday work. And I'm sure that many of the things you're going to talk about today kind of will cover some of the aspects of, of that book. One of the reasons I want to share that is because how often many of the things and, and you know, the, the tasks and the roles that the Lord has led us down the pathway that becomes our career, we really can share knowledge and wisdom and insights that can impact others. How many of us have kept that that richness to ourselves because we think, oh, I don't have anything to share or what could I possibly share? Do you want to share a little bit about that and um, and the journey to you be- you know, getting this book out there? Because I know this is obviously going to be something that we talk about deeper and as the interview progresses. Just to give you a little bit of background, I, from early on, maybe my, my teenage years, I, I was uh, very interested in business. I had a strong belief in markets and entrepreneurship and the idea that starting businesses, running businesses was the way you uh, um, created value for people and, and helped people. Um Later in life, uh, I, I became much more religious, 
and I, I, uh, I became a Christian in my late 40s. And so I went, went to seminary just to kind of learn more. I, I say went to seminary. Actually, I decided to take a class at, at, at uh, Fuller <laughs> Seminary and just kind, of, just kind of kept going. I noticed there, there, there seemed to be a disconnection. You know, I like my classes a lot, like my professors, I uh, like the subject matter, but, but uh, theology doesn't always tell us a lot about business. A lot of times theologians maybe don't know that much about business and entrepreneurship. And, and uh, I, I finally, after several classes, caught on to that. And then the uh, when I talked to my friends, Christian friends in business, um, you know, they all knew, as most people do, that you should treat people well and act with integrity. But when it comes to the products and services their business produces, they didn't they didn't seem to think their, their church or their theology had that much to do say to them. And, and I thought that was a major disconnect and, and an eye-opener for me. And from that point forward, I, I focused on this area. Um, and uh, so since then, I mean, I've done, I've tried a lot of different things. I mean, I've done retreats, developed a small group curriculum, farmed myself as out as a small, small, as an itinerant small group leader to talk about uh, what I call transforming work. You know, I've had speaker events, uh, a lot of different things. And the book, tries to tie all of this together. In my view, and I forget if I'm answering a question or not, actually, but... Uh, you are, actually, yeah. Okay. Um, I think there's a great need to firm the work that people are doing in business. Uh, yes. And especially in terms of entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, the uh, people need to understand that the work they're doing and by work, uh, I, you know, obviously there's our personal relationships and, and things like integrity, but when it comes to the purpose of our work in terms of what we're actually providing um, products and services uh, to society, I think we need to affirm what people are doing there. And, and I think if we did it'd be much easier for people, especially religious people, I think to, to see the, the deeper meaning of their, of their work. Um, I think that, um, um, I, you know, in the book I say many of us uh, want to, to have a sense of connection to something deeper or larger than ourselves. I say most of us in the book, uh, actually, I think it's many of us and and probably most uh, uh, most people, we want to connect with something deeper. And we also want to feel that our work is contributing to the well-being of others and, and to the greater good. And for most of us, our work is. Uh, sometimes we can see that when we're talking in a secular context, but when we're talking in a religious context, uh, we tend to forget the importance of, of, of what it is that we're contributing. It's not to say that all work is good or all businesses do good things, but most of them do, and far more than, than I think people recognize. Just, Rob, I'm going to share um, some things that I've heard and witnessed over the last several years. And what you have said, I have certainly heard others share uh, as well in that, you know, so many of us who have grown up in the church or who are very much still uh, involved in the church, we often see um, religion. And, of course, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship with God Almighty and His Son, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, you know, the relationship with Him. We often think, well, I'm really contributing to the kingdom and doing God's work if it is something that is associated with the church. Now, we're not negating that at all. However, some people have been gifted, has been given gifts and talents and skills from, you know, by the Lord in the area of business, in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And we can bring, even though we may not be talking about the Lord, we can bring godly principles, can't we, in the way in which we do business 
that can be a light in the world of business, can't it? And mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, and I've heard this time and time again, where people, when they fear and they don't recognise it yet, they're so good at business or marketing or whatever it is, it's a real challenge, yet they still feel that they're not really contributing. And as soon as they realise but the Lord can use you in the area of the marketplace, they think, I've never thought of it that way. But there's so many areas. There's an area of business. There's an area of the family. There's the area of in politics. And my goodness, we need some good Christian people within that with godly principles, don't we? Uh, which could be for a whole other show. But so there's different marketplaces and different industries where, you know, if the Lord has given you gifts and talents and has called you to that, that's your mission field, you know, and I think that's kind of, a, if I'm assuming correctly what you're saying, the the, work, the area and the work within business can be where the Lord uses you to impact others and how you do business. But going back to what you're saying, uh, you know, when we align it and we look at biblical scripture, a lot of those things can still be mapped over to, when, you know, how do you do business? If you think about, you know, the first people who funded the the first church um, were women in business, weren't they? They they followed G, uh, um, the apostles and they could, you know, funded a lot of that, opened their homes and so forth. Uh, were it not for those entrepreneurs in the day, uh, you know, that, that might not have um, occurred, but of course it would have because the Lord had destined it too. So is, is that that that's going to be a valuable resource, I wanted to say, Rob, for you, because people can really see, ah, I can, you know, my work, even my career, if I'm working for another business, I can still uh, make an impact mm -hmm. with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I, one of the passages I, I've used in my groups and in other settings is um, Isaiah 61, 1 to 4. And in that, and that was an important, important passage for Jesus. Each of the Gospels refers to it in, in one way or another, but or at least 61, 1 to 2. In the first three verses, um, the prophet talked, I should set the context, uh, the, um, the, the prophecy originates um, a little while after the Jews returned from, from the Babylonian exile. To back to their homes and found everything in ruins, the temple destroyed, etc. And they were faced with the, the really tough task of rebuilding. Well, Isaiah, um, the prophet, uh, in, in his prophecy, the first three verses, he talks about freeing the captives, um, uh, comforting the mourning, and, and those kinds of things. But in the fourth, he talks he talks about restoring the buildings and the walls. And, and you know rebuilding the structures and it seems to me that tells us that um, to have a flourishing society uh, we need carpenters we need contractors we need builders um, construction workers to rebuild but it also means by at least by implication that we also also need uh, people who work in the food business uh, accountants lawyers auto mechanics um, gardeners all all the different things it takes to make a flourishing society um, and we don't often remember that at least when we're talking in religious terms um, these are all important and people contribute to the to society and to the world and to things moving forward in so many different ways yes and, and especially I think when we're talk, talking in a religious context it's it's easy to lose track of that and yeah, focus so on true. yeah yeah so true and you know there's a there's a um a 
obviously there's a verse in the Bible and I can't remember recall uh, exactly where it's found, but it's talking about, you know, if we are all a hand, if we're all a foot or if we're all a mouthpiece, then what happens to the rest of the body? And the Lord has created us intentionally, hasn't he, with different gifts and talents so that united, connected, we can really support one another. So that is so true. So, you know, comparison, I've just got off the uh, another call pre- previously from uh, this interview, Rob, and we were talking about in, in that, and it really beautifully aligns with what you're saying, is that, you know, there is no such thing as comparison. We shouldn't compare each other because the Lord has made each and every one of us uniquely. The calling he has on our life is very unique too. And the way in which we um, get clear on that, and I'm sure you're going to talk a little bit more about this too, and it beautifully segues into the next piece, we spend time with him. Ask the the person who created you, you know. You don't need to search all of the other things. Ask him and he will certainly reveal that that to you. So let's talk about how short spiritual practices involving various forms of prayer can support us during the workday. Yeah. Um, I think having that closer sense of connection with God, with what I like to think of as the mystery of God, uh, is important and can help us um, of course, it's important to do in its own right, but it also calms us down over time. It helps us develop a sense of mission. It gives us the, it helps to give us the wisdom and the strength and the courage to deal with things like stress and conflict. Um, it just helps us in, in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I've I've conducted retreats of dealing with uh, teaching contemplative practices uh, for the workplace, uh, but most most. Prayer practices, uh, devotionals, and things take some time to do, and it's time well spent. But my view is that we it would be really helpful to have short practices that we can use during the day when we really don't have time to do it. Um, when you think about it, um, um, you know we're, we're busy people. It's it's hard to take an hour off for for prayer during the day. Um, the uh, it's also important if you're going to do a good job at something. It's important to focus on that on that work. Um, but there are short practices we can incorporate that I think can can help us stay connected. And if we do it frequently, they may even be better than than longer practices. Maybe if if, if there's a frequency to them that keeps us keeps us connected. Um, I've talked about something I call the prayer mantra, where you develop a, a Short phrase, maybe a maybe a sentence, but uh, that um, you repeat from time to time that helps you stay grounded. Um, it, it, we think of a mantra as something you say repeatedly as a way to help us get into a meditative um, uh, frame of mind. But it doesn't have to be. It could be something we just repeat once or twice, and then you know come back to it again later. Um, for example, I, I think. Uh, what some people find useful is um, thy will be done. Mm. A short phrase, but it's a phrase like thy will be done has a way of turning our attention towards God. It reminds us that there's a larger reality uh, which helps put things into perspective. And it's something that can become a, a habit. Now, the reality is some of us, many of us, me included, maybe forget to do it until we're actually facing a lot of stress. But it can still help. Then it can still it can still help calm us down and just just remind us of um, of the reality. Um, 
the uh, I've got a friend, uh, Caleb Monroe, who we've talked about having uh, a, what I call bracketing prayer. Uh, he helped me um, come up with some ideas for that. But the idea is that, as I said, if you're going to do a job well, you have to focus on the job. And you really can't be thinking about theology and things. You know, you have to focus at the at the task at hand. Um, but with bracketing prayer, you can say a brief prayer before you do the task. God, help me to focus. Something like that. Yeah. You, then you can focus on the task. And then when you're done with the task, you can say, thank you for letting me do this. Mm. And it, it brackets it. It sets the context for the for the task, but still lets you focus on, on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, things, things like that can be helpful. Of course, things like a quick breath prayer, you know, where you, you just be quiet and you focus on your breath go, coming in and going out for for a minute or two or three. Uh, that, that's been popular in, I think, all religions. Um, but you can say a prayer as you do it. Uh, some people use the Jesus prayer. Um uh, in connection with the, with the breath prayer. Um, I think uh, one common version of the Jesus prayer is um, Lord Jesus, Son of God, um, help me, a sinner. You know, I, I, I had a little blank there, but... It, <laughs> Look, you know, as you're sharing, I mean, that that is something that over the last, I would have to say, several years, I totally agree. I mean, even when we're, I mean, because the Lord wants a relationship with with us. He wants um, to be part of our lives and not just, a, oh, you know, at, of a night time or whenever we, we can kind of find time. So one of the things that I find, definitely that bracketing prayer is so important, even before writing. You know, I had a mentor that really opened my eyes to this. She said, before I write anything, before I put any marketing together, before I do anything, I ask the Lord to help me write. It. And what comes out, she said, is something that I could never have written on my own. And I will often do that too. Lord, help me, you know, put the words together that you would, you know, want that that message, put your words rather than, than mine and how I would put that together. Even when we're going out to the garden, we start to, to talk, you know, we, I marvel, I'm, I'm sowing seeds. I marvel that these little seeds have in a few days come out and that we marvel in his creation. Simple things like that we often take for granted, but when we marvel in it and say, Lord, this is because of your, your creation, you are the only, you know, creator in this and that marvel, those kind of things honour him, doesn't it? And that's yeah. what he wants. He wants to be honoured. Well, not only wants to be, he, 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 you know, he is to be honoured because of who he is. And um, those things, when you start doing that intentionally, I think become very much part of your day. Although every now and again I'll, I'll say, Lord, I've just rushed ahead of that. Forgive me because <laughs> as entrepreneurs we're often driven, aren't we? And yeah, it's kind yeah. of uh, we have to remind yeah, we do. Do you want to do it in your own steam or do you want to do it, you know, in partnership with, with the Lord? And uh, yeah. I think it can be powerful because then you don't reach those situations, as you say, so often where all of a sudden um, we do feel that anxiety or, or what have you. Something else that I wanted to pick up on and what you're talking about and just share how important it is when we look at the various words and phrases in the Bible, you know, the Lord reminds us that his word is living, isn't it? His word will never come back void. It will always come back with the purpose and intention for which he, he said it. And he reminds us that his word is the sword of the spirit and the sword when we think about his armour, 
is the weapon that we can use against enemies' lies. So as you said, you can have various verses or, or things that you um, that you say. One of mine that I'm often using very frequently is uh, the verse that says, you know, the enemy has def- been defeated, therefore there is no weapon formed against me that will prosper. And any weapon that has, you know, any harm that is, and we can say that with full authority because it is the word of the Lord. It's the sword that we can use, you know, and uh, we can really hold on to to, to the words, you know, uh, in the Bible. So totally so important that we do that. And it's things that we can be reminded of, you know, there may be a time where something's happened and we're starting to feel a little bit of anxiousness. What are some of the verses that the Bible has said, that Jesus has said, these are the words that you can say, and it reminds us, right, who are we in Christ? You know, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Um, you know, so so powerful. I, I really can relate to what you're saying. It's so yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah. And the, um, yes, it, it's such a resource. Um, one of the things I draw people's attention to is um, the, the original concept of shalom. Yeah. Uh, for our cause. Um, sometimes we think of shalom as meaning peace, as peace peace unto you kind of thing. Yeah. But the original concept um, dealt with with uh, flourishing in all all aspects of human life. Um, it starts with God, of course, and our relationship with God, and then our, our relationship with other people. But it also meant health. It meant um, um, uh, uh, not, not, not fearing invasion by enemies. It, it, uh, it, it means good, solid, good, you know, healthy relationships with each other. It also means material well-being and prosperity, which, which is often forgotten. In fact, in the Bible, sometimes in the English translations, prosperity is used as a synonym for, for shalom. Mm. And then, from from an entrepreneur's point of view, um, I think that's an important message. Mm. That that all these things are important. Human flourishing is important. That doesn't mean it's guaranteed. Yeah. It doesn't mean we can rely on it. Um, but it is seen as a positive value uh, to which we can. Yeah. We can I, th- I think that's that's important. Um, there's also something. It's hard for me to put my finger on it, but for entrepreneurs, if an entrepreneur builds something, you know, you've built a podcast, you've built a bunch of other things. Um, when something exists that didn't exist before, mm. okay, I, maybe there's something spiritual about that. Mm. But it kind of gets to that, that sense of um, wonder and marvel you're talking about. And I think that's important for entrepreneurs to, re- to remember. Um, It's it's certainly, it's it's interesting, isn't it, where um, the more, you know, I've just finished a a series, I highly recommend it by uh, Dr. John Barnett on the book of Revelation, because it's often a book that um, we don't really delve into, or I know I certainly haven't through the churches that I've been a member of, because a lot of it seems very cryptic, you know, what on earth does that mean? But I've come to learn through the teaching of John Barnett, which by the way, if people are wanting it, I might at a link um, in the show notes, but also just look up John Barnett, um, the book of Revelation. 
there are over 800 verses or, or um, references going back from Revelation to other books of the Bible, which confirms, you know, what, what is happening. And the reason that I'm sharing this today as part of our conversation is the more I learned and the more... Uh, you know, that that uh, the teachings, aha, is that what it is? The more you want to know. It's one of those things, but the, the Lord says, seek me first. And and, and it is, the more you, you marvel at who God is, you know, and the intricacies of how things work. But it's also empowering because we know that, you know, greater is he that lives in us, which we know is the Holy Spirit, than he that lives in, in the world. And we recognize that, you know, we are temporary. Of, of the Lord and um, it's so important it is business and here's where I think you know so often you hear oh prosperity gospel we're not talking about that no. the no. Lord can bless you in areas because of the fact that you seek him first now if we are only you know if it's because we're driven by the blessing rather than the relationship with him then we need to do a shift and look at our heart what what is it first but if he if, if he you know measures our heart and says this child of mine is coming to me because they are intentionally committed to learn more to have a deeper relationship with me um i think the lord then is able to bless us because here's why the enemy will often be as we know prowling around like a lion and the instant things start to happen if pride is something that um drives us then the enemy can pounce kind of it's becomes foothold which becomes stronghold and the lord will often keep us protected till it is the seeking of him till it is the relationship with him the entire world can be falling apart and everything falling around yet the the children of the lord can look upwards and know you know what we are still blessed because we know exactly where we're going and what's promised us and that in its in and of itself, I think, irrespective of all of the blessings that come with, you know, um, the Lord, the relationship with Him first, and knowing He loves us, and Jesus died for us, and what's waiting for us in um, the new heaven and earth, that is, uh, you know, what we long for. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. There's a there's a passage in um, Deuteronomy. Uh, I can pull. I can pull it out. It's in the book. But uh, it, it, Moses is near death, okay? and this is kind of his going away speech. And um, and I wish I could, but I, I can't. But he, he tells the people, "You've got a choice. You choose between life and prosperity, and or sin and death." Mm. And um, and that's. I think very consistent with the with with the with the law in the in the Pentateuch, for example. A lot of the rules are not all of them. I mean, some some of the rules are designed to protect the the religion. Some are, you know, food laws and things like that. But a lot of the rules deal with how should you treat other people, uh, including commercial re relationships. Um, and um, but it gives them a choice. But it's at least in my opinion. You might you might see it differently, but in my opinion, what he's saying is that if you follow these rules that I spent forty years giving you, um, uh, things tend to go better. You have a better society. You have a better chance of, of 
having a good society, uh, less a chance of falling apart and being overcome. If you don't follow these rules, your sin is going to take you in the wrong direction. And it seems to me that it's not a guarantee by any means, but there's certainly a strong tendency. Um, and even if we do fail, we'll still we'll still feel better. Yeah. If we followed the rules. Um, yeah. And, but I think, um, and on that score, uh, you know, th- th- there's another book in, in the Bible, Proverbs, that um, I avoided for years. Mm. Um, because I, you know, I'm working hard. I'm doing the best I can. I, I don't need to have the Bible telling me I got to do better and this and that and that. At least that's what I thought of Proverbs. Yeah. I, okay. Later. Later. I'll work on that later. You know. Yeah. But uh, a couple of years ago, I took a good look at it. And my gosh, it's full of wisdom. There, it, it's not like what I expected at all. You know, that it's just a ton of wisdom. Um, you know, one of my favorite is um, uh, there's a whole bunch of like a quote, but one that I think is that I like a lot is um, uh, plant your field first and then build your house. Mm. And I think in business, it, it, you know, it's, don't go into debt until you've earned some money kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, there is- don't get that car loan until you got a job. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. It's so true. So true. Yeah. You know what? I, I uh, through mentors that I've had, Rob, um, and just through my experience itself, you know, it's often the thing that you can be, um, that you look at or you read or something that you think, Ugh, you know, that can have the biggest impact for you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you an example of mine. Um, I use a, a system called Branding with Archetypes. Um, there's different characteristics and things like that that make up that shape to to kind of you know see different similarities and and things and characters and personalities and so forth and um then there's also money archetypes the relationship that we have with money how we do money and and so forth like that and uh one of the words ruler is both in my brand archetype and also my um money archetype which means we're very driven and one of the words in the ruler art money archetype is surrender. And I used to look at that word and I went, that is that word just does not I, I don't think that's even part of my DNA. <laughs> no, in the Bible it says surrender your will to me. Now I'm also stubborn. I we my my first I, I have gone, the Lord has round and circled many because she needs to go and learn this lesson. We need to strip that off her over and over again. And finally I can say, it really is your will, Lord, surrender. And there's a real pain you know, in our weakness. We are made strong because the Lord says, now I can use you because we've gotten rid of all of the other stuff, yeah. you know. And yeah, uh, right. so, yeah, I, I totally get that. But then you go back and you've looked at Proverbs and you said, this is because you were ready, wasn't it? You were ready. You were ready. Yeah, ready. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, the, the relationship with the Lord, whilst it certainly has, as we know, trials and tribulations, it's exciting because mm-hmm. you learn more about yourself, you learn more about Him. And um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't know how to do life without, without the Lord, to be honest, especially with everything going on. Yeah. In the world, but I think everything that you've shared, and I know we've just scratched the surface mm-hmm. um, in our conversation uh, today. So the book is coming out on January the thirty first. 
Uh, actually, uh, the, the 31st is the official date. The uh, Kindle version and probably the paperback version will be available next week on Amazon on the 23rd. Uh, can you share how people can can uh, get a copy of that? What's the best link? Do you have a website? How can they connect? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you can um, on Amazon you can search for for Tribkin, of course, and yeah. and and find it. Or Tribkin Sacred Meaning, maybe. Um, I like the sound of that. <laughs> um, the um, but they can also go to my website, which is Faith and Enterprise Faith and A N D Enterprise dot org and uh you have my contact information there so people can contact me if they like there's a link to the to the book there's more information about the book plus a, a link to the amazon site i say amazon it on other sites too but right now amazon is the first one i can actually send people to so um so faith and enterprise dot org Fantastic, fantastic. One of the things, Rob, that I do at the end of every uh, show, this this, and this podcast, is just finish with a word of prayer. May I do that for you today? Of course. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity that uh, we could get to speak with Rob, to hear his testimony, and uh, just to hear the the insights uh, and wisdom that he shared with us today. Lord, yes, we are reminded of the importance of seeking you first, of uh, diving into the word, Lord, and that there are different ways, as Rob reminded us, of uh, spending time with prayer with you. There can be dedicated time. There can be time where we, we say a verse, Lord, and as we know, your word is the sword of the spirit. It does not return to us void, but comes back for the purpose for which you have uh, sent it out, Lord. And so just being having that as a reminder, Lord, we pray that uh, we will start this year and continue this year continuing to seek you first, because as we know, you promise us when we delight ourselves in you, Lord, you will give us the desires of our heart. So we thank you for that, Lord. We just want to pray and uh, lift the uh, the book up that Rob has published and the message there, Lord, may it um, go far and wide that many people, Lord, that you want to hear and read that word because it's going to make an impact on their lives through your word and message coming through. We just pray that you will continue to bless that, bless the team that is supporting him around that too, and uh, those who will get the book and uh, read that, Lord. We just want to pray for those who are listening and watching and even the recording, Lord. Um, May you stir their hearts. May the Holy Spirit stir their hearts to rekindle if they're feeling that maybe they've lost their way a little bit, that they can rekindle the relationship with you. Because as we know, it is so important for us to have a personal relationship with you and uh, your son, Jesus. And we ask this in the precious and powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Anne-Marie. I really enjoyed this. And thank you for... And thank you for your work. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I was just saying to the gentleman that we had previously to to the show, this to me is such a blessing because it's wonderful to hear other people's testimonies and how the Lord is is working and um, one of my core values, and I know that it is, when we're collaborating with kingdom-minded people who love the Lord, it's fun. It's fun mm-hmm. to do these things, isn't it? Yeah. To be able to yeah. share the message uh, and, and a very important message indeed. So thank you so much for sharing your oh, message you. today with us on the show. Thank you.
Thank you very much. Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why. I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace and you've positioned yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.